0: Welcome to Pod Academy, an international podcast that explores topics like history, politics, science, psychoanalysis, and more through movies and TV shows. We post a new episode every Monday. If you'd like to support our work, you can go to our Patreon page on patreon.com slash podacademy or to our website, ourpodacademy.com. And And today I'd like to thank Kara Kevrikidis, Daniela Diegelman, and Naomi Crazy Hair for being long-time patrons and supporters of the show. Thanks, guys. It means everything to us. The U.S. elections are coming up on November 3rd. In an episode on this podcast earlier this month, we explored the depictions of fictional U.S. presidents in American movies and TV shows. We saw good, honest, non-political presidents trying to do good. In this episode, we're going to explore fictional U.S. presidential candidates to explore the road to the White House, the origin story, if you will, of these Captain Americas. The unbridgeable gulf, nay, canyon, between how the American movie and TV industry has been portraying presidents for the last, say, 50 years, stands in an absolutely stunning contrast to how that same industry portrays American elections. Lying, taking money, screwing over Americans Letting themselves be manipulated by corporations By moneyed interest or by ambitious political advisors So for those at home, to sum it up this two-part series in anticipation of the American elections. The politicians who are trying to become presidents are unscrupulous, untrustworthy, corrupt, narcissistic, hyper assholes. But once they get elected, they become wholesome, non-partisan, no-nonsense, non-politicians who only want to take the right decisions for the nation in its time of need. Mm. So in our previous episode, we poked fun at the childish American notion that presidents are the best of the bunch. But there's a hell of a lot to learn from movies about American elections, to gather how exactly the world got to the mess where it is today, with the leader of the free world being not only an unscrupulous, untrustworthy, corrupt, narcissistic, hyperpartisan asshole, but also a dumbass. So American elections in movies, coming up now.
1: Boom. Boom.
2: If I could
0: distill it down into one concept that we are pursuing in New Zealand, it is simple and it is this. Kindness.
2: The United States is the world's largest giver, but few give anything to us.
0: Vive la République! Vive la France!
2: American people in this country need, they need somebody that is unabashed and that has the courage and the conviction to stand up for
3: them and to call out the rigging of this system.
1: I
2: have very good news to give to everyone. There is nothing extraordinary happening in the Amazon region. Quite to the contrary, Uh, these uh, fires are pretty average
0: hi everybody hello boss i 'm Kidron welcome to another pod academy episode we as usual choose a bunch of movies to tell a story and we have five movies we want to talk about today and through them understand the evolution or maybe devolution of How the American movie and TV industry, mostly the movie industry in this case, uh, portrays American elections. These movies are The Eyes of March, The Manchurian Candidate, Primary Colors, Wag the Dog, Bullworth and Being There. I want to take a non-traditional approach in this uh, podcast episode and go counter chronologically. Start from the more recent one. And then steadily go towards the older movies. And so we're going to start with the most recent uh, of the bunch, which is Eyes of March from 2011. And we're going to learn so much. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay.
2: You okay? We're going to be fine. We have to do it. It's the right thing to do, and nothing bad happens when you're doing the right thing. Is this your personal theory? Because I can shoot holes in it. Well, there's exceptions to every rule. If your boy wins, you get a job in the White House. He loses, you're back at a consulting firm. I've worked on more campaigns than most people have by the time they're 40. He's the only one that's going to actually make a difference in people's lives.
0: Either we're going to lead the world, or we are going to bury our heads in the sand. Eyes of March directed, written by George Clooney, starring George Clooney, among others. There's a very impressive cast here. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling, Philip Seymour Hoffman, God rest his soul, Paul Giamatti, Evan Rachel Wood, Marisa Tomei, Jeffrey Wright.
3: Yeah, first of all, well, it is a really, uh, uh, like you say, a star-studded cast, so it's uh, a fun movie to watch. It is a movie that uh, describes the uh, the machinations within... The campaign primaries for the Democratic presidential candidates uh, between different campaigns.
1: Well, it all comes down to this. We are
3: one week away from the Ohio primary. Two Democrats are left standing. Senator Pullman of Arkansas trailing Governor Morris of Pennsylvania. Governor Morris has mounted a sizable
1: lead. One week from Tuesday, the all-important 161 Ohio delegates could be the deciding factor.
0: Just a quick note, the governor in the lead is George Clooney. He's the candidate for Ryan Gosling, who is his uh, media consultant.
3: And it shows the dirty tricks and the skeletons in the closet, and how uh, people manipulate each other. And I suppose it's uh, really a sign of its times as well. So
0: 2011, that's like uh, year three of Obama.
3: Yes. And George Clooney,
0: I would say he's Obama-esque in the fact that when it starts... Ryan Gosling and everybody are like, no, he's the real deal. You have like a political, a naive political consultant who thinks that there's a real deal. There's an actual person who can get it right. There's not a lot of uh, substance, I think, in the what it is that is the je ne sais quoi that makes him such a promising figure.
3: Yes. Yeah, he says, he's uh, the, the candidate George Clooney says the kind of things that... Uh, the, the American audience enjoyed hearing uh, at the time.
2: Would you call yourself a Christian? How would that matter? Let me quote. I have no idea what happens when we die. Maybe nothing. Maybe it's like before we were born, unquote. You did write this, Governor. Let me be specific. Please do. I was raised Catholic. I am not a practicing Catholic. And I have no idea what happens after we die. If the senator does, then maybe he should be president. I'll vote for him. Is that your idea of being specific? Let me be more specific. Thank you. I am not a Christian or an atheist. I'm not Jewish or Muslim. What I believe, my religion, is written on a piece of paper called the Constitution, meaning that I will defend until my dying breath your right to worship in whatever God you believe in, as long as it doesn't hurt others. I believe we should be judged as a country by how we take care of the people who cannot take care of themselves. That's my religion. If you think I'm not religious enough, don't vote for me. If you think I'm not experienced enough or tall enough, then don't vote for me because I can't change that to get elected.
3: So, this was uh, a couple of years after George W. Bush, a couple of years into the, uh, the uh, first term of uh, the first Muslim mm-hmm. president. <laughs> and, and so, okay, for example, George Clooney uh, says, Well, I'm not really a Christian, I'm a bit more. I mean, All so, right. so that, that's obviously something that played very well with the audiences at the time. Right. But in the very real uh, democratic
0: primary campaign in 2015 between Hillary Clinton and uh, Bernie Sanders... Clooney supported financially and otherwise Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you watch this movie and then you think about it, you say, oh, "God damn!" So the Hillary Clinton campaign, in leaked uh, emails, we saw that they were pushing the, uh, uh, the you know the narrative that this person uh, is an atheist, Bernie's an atheist, or even worse. Jew And you need to Press that part Because that will Hurt him in the Primaries So I guess George Clooney Wants to make a movie About how This is the candidate That should be And then a few years Later he's like You know what I'll just uh, support uh, The other Candidate Who's just The exact opposite Of what I think Should be
3: Sure Yeah but uh, it also shows how uh, our perceptions have already shifted in those couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, and even more as we go uh, towards the movies from the nineties. The basic argument that a liberal candidate who is a bit Machiavellian and also a bit dirty—that that's kind of a good thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's it gets more and more cringy as we as we <laughs> go through these movies. But but. Uh, I I mentioned a uh, sign of the times, also because uh, the ides of March plays into a couple of sort tra- kind of traumas that existed at that time. It connects whatever
0: Julius Caesar, like mid March, uh, the murder. Of assassination course, yeah, Julius yeah. The,
3: it references uh, uh, the middle of March when uh, the scheming uh, politicians got together to stab the hero in the back. <laughs> So who? So who is Julius
0: Caesar in this movie? I thought that the, by the end that it's uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Julius yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Oh, I thought so too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, I guess the traumas. One of them is that as part of the plot, there is somebody having sex with the intern. And then she comes to a very uh, sad end. A politician having sex with the intern, uh, obviously, uh, still rehashes kind of the Clinton trauma.
0: Yeah. Wow. This, this. I thought this was uh, weak because, yeah, yeah, Because it's not new. Just okay. It's again. Cliche, again. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Okay. Go on. Yeah. They needed something that apparently was really disastrous. And uh, yeah. okay, well, let's do sleeping with the intern.
0: Yeah, maybe let's do something that is not really evil that will not make us dislike the candidate.
3: Now, another thing that is uh, shows the perceptions of the time, and it's going to be interesting to compare and contrast with primary colors, is mm-hmm. uh, the role of the kind of the, the campaign general. And in this case, the uh, evil campaign uh, general, played by uh, Paul Giamatti.
2: You knew I was going to fucking tell
3: Paul, didn't you? No, I didn't know. I thought you might, but I didn't know. You knew I was going to
2: tell him, you knew, and you knew he was going to fucking fire him. Well, that's the thing about Paul. He's big on loyalty. Yeah, I know. I just got a big speech on it. Hmm. You were never going to hire me. Put yourself in my shoes, Steve. Your opponent has the best media mind in the country. Working for his team. What are you going to do? You're either going to hire him for yourself, or you're going to work it so if you can't have him, the other team can't either. This is a win-win situation for me. Can you come work for me? Great. Paul doesn't have you. Then again, Paul fires you. I don't want you. Fine. Paul still doesn't have you. Either way, I win. And the moment I got you to sit down in that chair... I know I'd won. This is... It's my life that you're talking about.
1: It doesn't make me happy doing this kind of thing.
2: I don't think it gives me any kind of pleasure. No, I'm, I'm sorry for you. I really am.
3: It seemed to me a uh, reference to Karl Rove. Or at least to Roveism, let's
0: say. Just like uh, by any means necessary, lie, deceit, screw other people over. It doesn't matter. We want to win.
3: Yes. Mm. yeah. So that archetype of that, that kind of uh, campaign manager... Uh, obviously, uh, reference something that uh, in the pre- preceding uh, eight yeah. years uh, we've all been kind of obsessed with. That there's these people yeah. out there who uh, are uh, a couple of steps yes. ahead of everybody else and know yes. exactly how things play and how they play out electorally and strategically. And, and they're on the Republican side, sure, but uh, but of course, then the kind of the thing is, well, this this is a very dirty game. It's, uh,
2: yeah, yeah i want on the ticket you need me on that ticket and you could use my delegates and you need them before tuesday make a fine story on the sunday morning news cycle so i expect to hear from you by noon tomorrow or i endorse Pullman and take that cabinet seal
0: uh, i want to talk a little bit about the portrayal of the mainstream media so the mainstream media there i don't know if this is on purpose or just because this is how George Clooney, aka Hillary Clinton supporter, sees the whatever political world, but the mainstream media on, in the movie they only want to talk about the horse race, have like horse race questions. You're leading this percentage in Iowa, this percentage in Iowa. What are you gonna do? This this. No policy whatsoever, nothing that actually matters to actual living, breathing people. This is totally separated and disconnected from uh, the political sphere, which is very, very accurate and true. So George Clooney himself might be disconnected himself being a gazillionaire, or he might be portraying this in order to make a point. I don't know. I, I, I keep changing my mind because there is also talk about fundraising right after he's talking about he is talking in some way about policy and solutions and then okay i need to go and do fundraising fundraising aka go schmooze with rich people and then become beholden to the donors because they are the ones who help you get elected and will help you get elected the next time so yeah that was kind of annoying
3: yeah are you also referring to the uh, uh, the journalist character played by uh, Marisa Tomei?
0: Yeah, she's just like into you know a scoop. She doesn't care. Yeah, yeah but that was fine, I guess. That was an okay portrayal. We didn't have a problem with that portrayal. Sure. What did you think about that?
3: Yeah, I was I was curious what you're gonna say. I thought they had uh, totally. Uh, Developed the archetype of the of the Jewish New York Times journalist, <laughs> <laughs> Ida Horowitz.
0: <laughs> I didn't even notice that she was Jewish. Uh, you know, uh, uh,
3: so, I was, so uh, I, I was very insulted on your behalf.
0: Yeah, what does it say about you that you notice those kinds of things?
3: It just confirms my stereotypes. <laughs>
0: yeah, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> so, 2011. These are pre-populist. Times, both candidates are very you know like robotic and like talk of how you should talk and they look how they should look like George Clooney and whatever a clone who is not as good looking as George Clooney, but still and then there is the thing again about believing so you're like, you believe in your candidate or they believe in the constitution i i don't get this no yeah. i don't get this i don't understand this the belief. Part in anything That is political Political in the Larger largest sense Not partisan Or election Just like uh, This guy you, Like believing It means that There's a gap That you don't know mm-hmm. The guy Might be lying to you The constitution Has a, a gazillion Holes in it But I believe in it Why? Just do it And make it be The way you want it to be Yeah I didn't have to Believe in Bernie I looked at his record I heard what he was doing. And then uh the bottom line is he is the best candidate for the job because he has no interest in screwing anybody over. and So
3: it's just like, uh, just the conclusion. There's no belief yeah. part in it. Yeah, it's a really weird way of uh, looking at politics that uh, the basic idea is, which is shown in, in this movie and also uh, kind of in primary colors, that you have to get the the blue guy in there, the donkey, and uh, he uh, has to get in there by kind of disingenuous means and kind of lie their way in there, almost like a Manchurian candidate, (laughs) because once he's in there, then uh, we can trust that he's then going to do the right thing, take off the mask and actually help the people without really uh, telegraphing that ahead of time, because obviously you can't just say straight up what the problem is and what needs to happen. You need to be sort of robotic and groomed and, and get in there and then do the thing.
0: How is it in, the, in Holland, in the Netherlands? Are your politicians also robotic?
3: They are a little bit robotic, but it, uh, the system is totally different because it's a, p- a parliamentary democracy with b- many right. more parties, so they can be more outspoken and have their own brand. And then yeah. the, the part that is disingenuous about it is that it then, you know, there's the campaign where they all say their own thing that is kind of on brand, um, but then a coalition is formed. And how the coalition is formed, well, that's, that's magic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Here we only have one robotic politician that has all the moves, you know, with the hand holding like the thumb inside the palm and just instead of pointing and just looking at... But we only have one politician who does it. And uh, that's uh, the only uh, American politician that we have. And that's uh, King uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, raised and especially politically raised in America. And he brought all this, um, all this American shit here. This is the Middle East. Nobody talks this way here. No. Nobody talks this way here.
3: Beautiful baritone voice.
0: Yes, and just like... <hissing sound> no, right. we talk like this. This is how we talk.
3: <sighs> that type of, of uh, politicking doesn't really work in the Netherlands. But so then they train themselves in other types of mannerisms that do play well. So, for example, our prime minister... Uh, he cultivates this brand where oh he's such a normal guy and he just bikes bikes to work.
0: Ugh. I saw people posting it on Facebook like, oh, do you know this guy's a uh, idiot right here? Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: Okay. But but uh, it's like it's just a different type of branding because that American way of speaking with the hand gesture uh, that that doesn't work. But they just cultivate some other style which does right. work, but it's still kind of disingenuous and and a little bit robotic. In the same way that uh, Boris Johnson, for example, has cultivated this style of, oh, look what a silly guy I am with the messy hair. But you can bet that before he goes onto the stage, he messes up his hair.
0: I think it speaks to the, the fascination that we have here in Israel of America and everything in America is better than us. And we saw it on the movies and we saw it on the news that, it is, that this is how the American politicians speak. So if our politician speaks this way, then he must be better than all the mm. other Israeli-looking uh, politicians.
3: Finally, we have a pro coming in. Look, it just looks just like on CNN. Exactly. This is a real politician. Exactly.
0: And we see some of those tricks, getting back to the movie, right? The height of the the podium, and where the camera is, and where are you looking, and who is asking the question, I don't know. It's machinations, but we can also give it another name. Mm -hmm. Lying. You can call it lying. That's manipulative. You don't want this uh, coached and fake and phony politician, because... It kind of gives you the sense that this politician is coached and fake and mm-hmm. phony. I don't know where we get it from. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Uh, you want to go into a little bit into like the how the campaign uh, operates?
2: You think there's any truth in this uh, Pullman having investments in the diamond mine in Liberia? Still checking on it, but we got it from a blog, so who the fuck? I don't care if it's
3: true. I just want to hear him denying it. If it is true, great. Find out. But if not... Let them spend the day telling the post that he doesn't own a diamond mine in Liberia. Win-win. The politics is also just an industry. It's a line of work, right? right? So a lot, there's a, a, a shitload of money in those campaigns, and the winning guy can hand out a lot of nice jobs. And we see this coming back mm-hmm. in a couple mm-hmm. of movies. So, a lot of people are just making their calculation, am I still with the winning horse, or uh, Mm -hmm. is it better for my own career, nothing to do with ideals, to jump ship and go to the other guy, because there will be more rewards in the future if I go there. Right. And
0: notice how outdated the whole uh, religious talk there in the Mm -hmm. movie. Is anybody in this election talking about religion?
3: also in the age of Trump, I suppose, but personal behaviors and, and also failings just don't matter as much anymore. It's no longer really a big deal if a candidate sleeps around or is gay or is atheist or is whatever, like, uh, aspects of, of personal behavior, personal identity yeah. don't matter as much anymore. Uh,
1: yeah, to, to Americans, Americans. Because to but, us in general, it, but it, it, it never no, matters. Exactly, but also <laughs> to, to Americans, yeah. Uh,
0: The final uh, scene, I don't want to, not the final scene, the climax, uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it takes place in a kitchen. So for me, that was kind of like, this is the behind the scenes. Exactly. This is how the sausage is made. Mm. This is how you prepare the meal. Now you're going to learn how how these power plays are made. Mm. The Manchurian candidate is 2004. Raymond, this
2: is JB Johnson of Manchurian
0: Global. We're strong supporters. At a flick of a
2: switch, we can adjust character, change personality. These are not supposed to exist. <phone rings> Raymond Prentice, Shaw. Listen. This is a coup. This is rich people funding bad science to put a sleeper in the White House. Among the shareholders in Manchurian Global, you would find former presidents, supposed kings. Yeah, I get it. They're big. They're huge. And you bring me rumors and conjectures. I started with nightmares, rumors, conjectures. That's a giant leap forward.
0: 2004, this is again after the war in Iraq and after uh, Bush led America into the war by lying and especially by being manipulated by his surroundings. Mm -hmm. So in comes a movie, How You control physically actually concretely control uh, a a political candidate running for office which is basically what happened to bush george w bush wasn't supposed to be the presidential candidate he 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 was never good at anything was whatever a drunk and a drug addict and just a loser but he had this Texas accent, and he was, uh, I think, the owner of the Houston Orioles or some other football team. And then he became the governor, and then he lost to Al Gore and became president, which is a great, uh, incredible feat. Uh, so this is, I think, this is kind of like the background for the movie, like this, the, this, the fear of corporations or like, uh, like uh, who have narrow interests of pushing and controlling. Your candidate in a way that you cannot stop.
3: Yeah, that is, it's uh, this is a remake of a, a, a another version from the 19, early 1960s, and both they just also play into more general fear of not really knowing what the person in front of you is actually thinking. Right. right. So it is uh, like it is applied here in uh, in politics what's going on inside is totally different from what's going on outside and secondly that the inside is controlled by other forces Mm -hmm. that is just in general very scary scary. and the original one just was at a uh, kind of at a terrible time as well because first of all it played into this fear of uh these kind of experiments that the cia was doing at the time as well like uh, mk ultra the kind of mind control experiments where they might use LSD and stuff like that to manipulate people to, you know, be useful pawns in the Cold War, mm-hmm. firstly. And then secondly, there was the Kennedy assa- assassination. So this was all of a sudden, uh, as when the movie uh, was made and came out, this <laughs> was of, uh, the worst kind of sign of the times uh, at the time.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, So this movie stars... Denzel Washington, Meryl Streep does a very good job, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Liev Schreiber, John Voight. So this is a good movie. This is a good movie. And it's very well done. And I think like the underlying theme of it all being that uh, Liev Schreiber is a make-believe, doesn't know that he's a make-believe hero in the war. I think it's in 1991 or something. I don't know. Whatever. In Iraq, Kuwait, something like that. I don't know if it's the first Gulf War or the second Gulf War. I wasn't too clear on that. But he's like they made him into the manufactured a hero and then brainwashed everybody to be sure that, uh, that he's made a hero and control him. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, the underlying theme is that elections are a war because we're talking about a war and this is a war. They kill people, they do whatever they need to do to win. It's interesting how they portray uh, Meryl Streep, who is a Democratic war hawk. This is like one year after the Democrats uh, voted for the war in Iraq. The war hawks are not the establishment, not not like the people who hold power. They are the ones on the outside looking in into this election. Like her son and, 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 and the presidential candidate, they are against the war. And the people who are outside looking in, they are the guys who are for the war. But just last year, it was the other way around. It was the other way around. Clinton... Biden, all these guys, they voted for the war. (laughs) All the the establishment. Uh, That's kind of annoying. (laughs) It's kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also speaks to, right, uh, corporate conspiracies, corporate control of the political process, just, you know, in a hyper reality. Also, uh, political uh, succession, uh, like, you know, like the political houses, the shah whatever her name is uh steppe steppy whatever like his dad was a politician his mom is a politician this is also kind of these royal houses like the bushes and the clintons
3: yeah, w- really weird that that exists in the U.S. We don't have that at all. You don't have like that It's at weird. All, t- yeah. No, no, no. It's weird that uh, yeah. I mean, on the one hand, uh, the Netherlands is technically a monarchy, but we don't have this aristocra- <laughs> aristocracy. Because
0: you have it, uh, you have real aristocracy. You don't need fake aristocracy. They need the Well,
3: family. we don't really have real aristocracy. We have a royal family, but otherwise, uh, yeah. uh, aristocratic titles are uh, no longer exist. Mm.
0: And just now, the latest Kennedy just lost heavily to some uh, old lefty.
3: Yeah, finally people are done with that. Yes, Uh,
0: yes, this is, uh, yeah, whatever. Ah, okay, maybe one last thing uh, for me. uh, There's this uh, Dr. Mengele (laughs) fellow, all these uh, Nazi references, like uh, subtle Mm. Nazi references, making experiments. So basically they're saying that uh, corporations are just so dangerous that they will bring on the most evil people on the planet and will do whatever they need to do to make money.
2: Raymond, this is J.B. Johnston from Manchurian Global.
1: Hi, how are you? Pleasure.
2: And David Donovan, their managing director.
1: And co-chair of the U.S. International Policy Caucus. Strong supporters, Congressman.
2: They're desperate to be of service to you, darling. <laughs> Thank you, mother. I
1: think you've earned your fee. Oh,
2: no. My plucky idealist.
1: So, gentlemen, how's business? Not bad, Raymond. Business is not bad. It could always be better. Oh, I mean better. You guys are going to have more assets in the European Union. <laughs> don't we already?
0: This is Sounds a, accurate. No, I think this is very unfair to corporations. <laughs> I think it's very unfair to corporations. Uh, not all, all corporations. You know, this is, this is bigotry against corporations not all corporations are the same I'm going to go rogue here I'm going to be the truth teller some corporations are good name one primary colors 1998 with John Travolta clearly um, uh, not only John Travolta Billy Bob Thornton Emma Thompson acts very well there and it's clearly obviously not even trying to hide it Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton he's a governor from a southern state
3: It's like an alternative reality. Like, imagine the Clintons if they were nice people.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That you can (laughs) somehow (laughs) a little bit relate to them, even though they're power-hungry
3: assholes.
1: I've never helped run a presidential campaign before. Neither have we.
0: From Mike
2: Nichols, director of The Birdcage, comes the story of a man. I'm going to do something
4: really outrageous. I'm going to tell the truth.
2: Who said yes to destiny. I'm going to win this thing. But couldn't say no. Apple feta,
1: Honey, please, popcorn.
4: To
2: anything else.
4: Governor Jack Stanton seduced me. it is is not not true. Oh, I'm sorry. We've had some tough times in our marriage, but we've worked them out.
1: Jackie's done some pretty stupid things in his life, and he's got enemies.
4: Well, this has to be handled just right. Just right. (laughs)
1: I'm gonna want a sign confession.
2: I don't know what you're talking about. Well, mister, you're about to become Mrs. Okay, okay, okay. Ain't this just great? Universal Pictures presents John Travolta. What's he governor of again? Emma Thompson. Jack Stanton could also be a great man if he weren't such a pompous, disorganized, slime-sucking psychotic. Get me out! Of... You, you just threw the phone out the window. Primary colors. Does this guy have a chance in hell? No. Screenplay by
0: Elaine May. It was so cringy to watch. Oh, I was going crazy. I was also going crazy. What what made you go crazy? Because I'm not sure that we went crazy for the same reasons.
3: Well, they were portraying Clinton as this uh, folksy guy with the mannerisms that he can turn on and off. A friend of mine uh, has this uh, term that some people are what he calls secretors, in that they just secrete some kind mm. of pheromone that people clue yeah, in. He uh, has that. Bill Clinton has that. For and sure. Bill Clinton has that. And they try to show this, and they try to show, well, this is a good thing because we need our, uh, our donkey, our blue guy to get in there, and if he can just manipulate himself in there, then one day he'll start doing good things. But then the arguments that he made made in his speeches, mm-hmm. it's infuriating. Uh-oh. This is just the, the the neoliberal argument. Oh, boom. Preach. Go. That, poof, it's the, uh, oh, no, yeah, the factories are going to close because it's yeah. a globalizing world, but it's a good thing because you're all going to be retrained and you're all going to be app developers or something. Yeah. Th- that's How did ridiculous. that work out? How did that work ah, out? Disastrous. <laughs> Those same people are now all uh, opioid addicts. And, and their children vote uh, for Trump. Uh, they all vote for yes. Trump now horrendous, horrendous. This, and this oh.
0: part i just want to, to you know uh, to strengthen your point this is the part that the movie depicts as the best side of him now he mm-hmm. speaks the truth he said okay i'm not gonna bullshit you i'm gonna tell you the truth the best way forward is to outsource all your jobs and then education yada 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 you'll be fine come on <laughs> come on you'll be
4: fine horrific all right here's the truth no politician can reopen this factory or bring back the shipyard jobs or make your union strong again. No politician can make it be the way it used to be because we're living in a new world now, a world without economic borders. A guy can push a button in New York and move a billion dollars to Tokyo in the blink of an eye. And in that world, muscle jobs go where muscle labor is cheap and that is not here. So if you want to compete, you're gonna have to exercise a different set of muscles, the one between your ears.
1: You lost him. him. He's got
0: me. And they have the main character that is kind of represents us. Like, now he becomes a true believer because Bill Clinton told him that he can't get their jobs back. Okay, so maybe create new jobs for them. Have you thought of that? Just like he described it as if this is a force of nature that you can do nothing about it. So this is like such a huge betrayal and such a huge political mistake by the Democratic Party abandoning the blue-collar workforce and this betrayal, first of all, we have been paying for it for, with, with, with four readers of Trump. And we're going to keep paying for it because, you know, the lingering effects of, of Trumpism will not vanish. Now, this whole country is
4: going to have to go back to school. We're going to have to get smarter, learn new skills, and I will make you this deal. I will work hard for you. I will wake up every morning thinking about you. I will fight and sweat and bleed to get the money to make education a lifetime thing in this country to give you the support you need to move up. But you have got to do the heavy lift in your own selves. Now, you know I've taken a lot of hits in this campaign. But you know what that means? It means that someone thinks that you're only interested in the kind of garbage that they've been throwing at me. So Tuesday, when you go to cast your vote, you think about that. You think about what you're really interested in. And then pick your candidate. Yeah.
3: yeah. No, oh, yeah, that was, that was uh, right in your face, mm. yeah.
0: What did you yeah. think about the pre, 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 pre Me Too extreme sexual harassment uh, episode there where Billy Bob Thornton, uh, you know, takes his dick out? Yeah, and then, yeah,
3: that, was that was weird, wow.
0: And then the guy, the head advisor tells, uh, tells someone, "No, oh, don't embarrass him. Right, because you have to take care, we have to think about his emotions as he's uh, sexually harassing uh, women in the workplace. Uh, that was but, so weird. Yeah, but thank yeah. God that, 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 that the woman who was harassed, that she's cool. So you'll be allowed to stay on. And then there's uh, talk about cringy. There's this dialogue about who is more black, him or the other guy. Henry. Would you go to school? What? Hotchkiss, right? I read up on you.
2: You're
1: a tight ass preppy elitist from Hotchkiss. Oh, bullshit. Bullshit, it's bullshit. You just called me a redneck, which I'm proud to say I am, and you Hotchkiss are a honky. You
3: just look black, and it's the best part of you. let you intimidate the pale faces, especially lib labs. Work at voodoo sexual shit on white girls. Well, I'm probably blacker than you are. I got some slave in me, I can feel it. You're
2: crazy! You Henry! Complete? What?!
0: Mm. they wouldn't fly today, I don't even... Also, yeah. yeah. I don't think this needs commentary.
3: Yeah, but uh, they, the, you know, you know who they were referencing, right? They, no, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, no. uh, was playing the role of uh, James Carville. Ah,
0: James Carville, right? right. Even looking The
3: a Cajun like uh, a guy. guy, yeah, oh, totally. Right, like with the accent Carville. and everything yeah. else. Uh, oh, yeah, James Carville, James Carville. Is
0: fucking horrible person. Yes. horrible, horrible person.
3: So in that in that respect, the portrayal was accurate. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is an incredible douchebag. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Uh, 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 what I also thought was interesting was so uh, Hillary, played by Emma Thom- uh, Thompson, mm. like she also is portrayed as being actually hurt about by the slip-ups of Bill, and they you know they have mm. to mend their relationship mm. and all the rest. It, it just in retrospect that doesn't seem. You don't think uh, it's not really. I mean, my impression is that they at some point uh, made a deal to be the power couple uh, no matter what and uh, that obviously uh, uh dalliances are a political inconvenience, but uh, I don't know if she is hurt in the way that Emma Thompson plays it so well because she's a very good actress very who good can actress. play the, the, the jilted wife very well. It just didn't uh, resonate with me as an accurate portrayal of Hillary Clinton.
0: Yeah, maybe they should have done it that she's humiliated because it's public. Yes. So basically what this movie is telling us is that if you have someone who can uh, fake empathy, can cry on command, can get people to trust him, then he can beat the other guy. We don't even know uh, who are the guys on the other side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. and also how they show, like, the perfect campaign. Their adversary goes into a coma, and someone else replaces him, and then he just doesn't say anything.
2: Now let me turn this campaign over to Governor Picker.
1: Thank you. Governor, Governor Picker. I hope you'll excuse me. This is a rather hey, emotional sir. time. Mr. Governor Picker, do you think he can win the nomination? Well, I'm, uh, I'm not out to win the the nomination, I'm, I'm out to continue what Senator Harris began. I'm, I'm trying to give the American people an honest choice on the issue. But uh, won the nomination? It's really premature to talk about that right now. Uh, as a matter of fact, I really haven't had time to think about it. Now, what I have thought about is the best way I can help Senator Harris in this campaign. And as I know him as a, as a man of action rather than words, the best action is for me to go down and donate a pint of blood because that's what he really needs now. And if you folks would like to come down with me and donate a pint, I know Mrs. Harris would certainly appreciate it. Oh.
4: Jesus Christ, we should have thought of that, that blood thing.
1: Oh, great. great goddamn move. How do we treat this guy? I mean, how do we run against him if he's not going to run? I won't be doing any spots. And I won't be having any polls because I'm not going to be paying any pollsters. I'm not going to hire a bunch of folks to tell me what you're thinking and how I can get at you. Well, then what exactly are you going to do? I'm just going to talk straight.
2: Jesus Christ, okay, who is folks, this guy?
1: Wow,
0: not saying anything. That's such a winning strategy. Oh, people love it when the politician doesn't say anything. What? Mm-hmm. I don't know, you need some hope, you need some, some morality, something to get people to sign in. But this was just like, I'm here, I exist. I'm just going to talk straight. And then just platitudes upon platitudes upon platitudes, we need to have a conversation about... This is also such an American thing.
1: Would y'all do, do me a favor just don't shout quite so loud. Thank <laughs> you. You know... The world is getting more and more complicated. And politicians have to explain things to you in simpler terms so that they can get their little oversimplified explanations on the evening news. And eventually, instead of even trying to explain things, they just give up and start slinging mud at each other. And it's all to keep you excited, keep you watching, like you watch a wrestling match. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what it's like professional wrestling. It's staged and it's fake and it doesn't mean anything. So what I want to do with this campaign is kind of quiet things down and start having a conversation about what sort of country we want this to be in the next century.
0: We need to have a conversation. Why? Can we just like, pretend we had this conversation and just go straight now to the policy? <laughs>
3: That's right.
1: Yeah.
0: Come on. This is so. This is so tiring. If I were American, I would be just like so pissed off and tired of this whole thing. Yeah. Also, we see in these movies how long these campaigns last. This is also supremely American and uniquely American. How long are your uh, campaigns, like election campaigns? Couple of weeks. Couple of weeks, right?
3: Yeah. We have elections in March. That yeah. They, okay, it's a little bit that the politicians are starting to say things yeah. that are on brand. Yeah. But the actual campaigning, there is very little actual campaigning, and it's also in 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 the Netherlands. The campaign ads on TV are on public television, and parties are kind of assigned yeah, time slots, exactly. so there's not like buying ads and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, right. Only for the pr- we only have it for the primaries within the parties. Yeah. And there is very corrupt. The moment you have that, you have billionaires donating. Uh, like Bibi has 100% of his money for primaries that he was never in doubt of winning, uh, given by foreign billionaires. 100% mm. of it. Mm. No single Israeli has given him a freaking shekel. <laughs> Rightfully yeah. so. Uh, yeah, I guess for 90s audience also... The naivete, they were still having this, uh, you know, they, they loved their Bill Clinton in some ways, and we were just getting started with President Jed Bartlett in the West Wing, and this is pre 9 11, and pre the Patriot Act, and pre lying your ass off to get into Iraq, and pre hyper partisanship with Bush. And pre-craziness, Republican craziness, uh, in front of Obama getting elected. So this is clearly like beyond the time where uh, you know, like the world was so different.
3: I, I want to say one last thing about uh, the the neoliberalism. Go for it. You know, the campaign in this case is uh, displayed as this kind of folksy ragtag band of misfits who uh, are uh, you know going to try to win this thing based on neoliberal arguments because they just believe in them. But that's not really the moment of the time, right? Uh, Mm. There was this situation where traditional uh, left-wing politics with uh, unions and all the rest was kind of... uh, a brand that, I guess, uh, wasn't going to be used anymore. Uh, And now there were these new left-wingers, also Tony Blair, Mm -hmm. for example, and also uh, labor politicians in the Netherlands and elsewhere. Yeah, who uh, basically uh, made the arguments that John Travolta makes, oh, we're going to globalize, oh, everybody is going to be something in the new economy. Um, and obviously, that is a kind of story that flies enormously well with industry. So, it's not very plausible that this uh, fictional Bill Clinton campaign was so poorly funded and such a, a ragtag band of truthsayers. They were just saying something that was uh, incredibly uh, effective. Uh, uh, from a capitalism point of view yeah. and I'm sure a lot of people were very happy to hear the previous left say these kind yeah, of things. Right. I mean this is also how Tony right. Blair got in Oh, this is great uh, right. this is just a, a new brand for capitalism right. pushed by the left.
0: And in the movie he's running against some against some sort of a socialist person. So the socialist person is like the establishment that he's running like the truth telling anti-establishment no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the neoliberal rebel yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay this is so weird
0: okay let's keep going now we're on to bullworth a little known movie this is the second time that i uh watch it and uh, it's very interesting this is a 1998 warren beattie movie directed by warren beattie written by by warren beattie starring warren beattie and Halle berry who was i don't know 25-year-old or something there, and Don Cheadle and other uh, known uh, to some degree or other actors. By March
1: 1996, Bob Dole and President Clinton had locked up their party's presidential nominations. And while California approached its primary with little fanfare or attention, Democratic Senator Jay Billington Bullworth embarked upon the final weekend of his re-election campaign
2: promised us federal funding to rebuild our community. What happened? Well, you, you haven't really contributed any money to my campaign, have you? So what you are you uh, saying? Are you saying that the Democratic Party don't care about the African-American community? Isn't that obvious? I mean, if you don't put down that mall...
0: He's a chick- depressed because he hates himself because he's a sellout and he decides to have himself assassinated to get his uh, daughter the insurance money. And I guess losing the fear of losing just makes him free to say whatever he want to say. And slowly but surely he starts telling the truth. But the actual, actual truth, like I've never heard anybody say on any American movie.
2: Yo, over here, we got our friends from oil. They don't give a shit how much wilderness is spoiled. They tell us that they're careful. We know that it's a lie. As long as we keep
0: driving cars, they let the planet die. Exxon, Mobile, the Saudis in Kuwait. If we still got the Middle East, the atmosphere can wait. the Arabs got the oil, we buy everything they sell. But if the brothers raise the price, we blow them all to hell. Now let me hear you say it Saddam, Saddam. Saddam. Hussein, Hussein, Saddam. Saddam.
1: Hussein. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to get me a phone number a Dr. Morris Fishman, UCLA. He's at the Department yeah. of Psychiatry. Go, get the number now. Yeah. Get it now. Yo, Go. Baby.
2: Everybody gonna get sick someday, but nobody know how they
0: gonna pay. Health managed care, HMOs. Ain't gonna work, no sir, not those. Cause the thing that's the same in every one of these, these motherfuckers there. The insurance companies. Insurance, yeah. insurance. Yo, you can call a single payer, a Canadian way. Only socialized medicine will ever save the day.
1: Come on now. Let me
2: hear
0: that dirty word. Socialism! He's speaking not only about the corporations, but how the media elites, the ho- about like, the questions about the horse race and how the, the moderators in the debates, they are themselves rich people, owned by billionaires, billionaires who own the networks and own also the candidates. And they tell them which... Qu- like You don't know, tell them, you know, but it's understood what are they supposed to ask, what they can't ask... But the only the, the only problem there is that it's very outdated in terms of uh, racial uh, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. Yeah,
3: it's a t- it's a really different cultural moment because at the time, uh, hip hop was uh, the, the the rising uh, star, uh, uh, and it was much more uh, politicized. So there was like uh, rappers like uh, Public Enemy and also other ones that were quite woke and saying uh, political things. And Clinton's role in that is kind of uh, interesting as Mm -hmm. well, because uh, uh, on the one hand, uh, Clinton is supposedly this ridiculous meme that he was the first black president, which was also in primary colors in some ridiculous way, because, oh, well, he went on Arsenio Hall and he played the saxophone. That's it that on the one hand but on the other hand he had this uh kind of sister soldier moment where he uh, distanced himself from her because she was too extremist and that then kind of made him very white uh, on the other hand but that whole role of hip-hop being controversial uh that is has totally changed. Like at the time, there was also this, like the the, uh, the stickers with the explicit lyrics were then being implemented. And Tipper Gore, <laughs> uh, wife of Al Gore, was campaigning against really? oh, hip hop is so terrible. Oh yeah, she was in the lead in that bullshit. Oh, and and now it's totally different. Right now, Kanye West supports Trump, so <laughs> hip hop has totally changed as well. And so it's no longer this kind of voice right. for. Um,
0: no, this is a voice for the money, the interests. Now it's just another industry. Yeah, just another like
3: industry. in the also in the whole uh, uh, Black Lives Black Lives Matter. Like okay, which okay Killer Mike said the interesting thing. Interesting things, interesting
0: things uh, awesome, uh, incredible,
3: uh, inspiring things. Yeah, but say. but uh, like that uh, has hip hop as a whole. Like uh, what else has? No, I don't think so. A, a lot of them uh, decided that Republicans buy sneakers too. Essentially. <laughs>
0: Now you can't sell sneakers to both uh, Republicans and Democrats if you're a black uh, hip hop artist. No, 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 no. no. You have to choose. You have to choose. This is a good moment.
3: But it's interesting that it's been much more initially uh, spurred on by uh, athletes and like the taking the knee and that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: So in this movie, first of all, this is a Senate race, right? So when we see the, the, so we're, we're talking about the corruption in the Senate. This is not a guy running for the president, for the presidency. So in this movie, this is like of all the movies that we spoke about until now. This is like the real, real corruption. He actually gets money from the insurance industry and they write the policy for him. This is how it's actually done. And this is how it's portrayed in the movie. But he's just a a candidate for Senate, right? Because you can't have this guy running for president and having the presidency being corrupt. No, no, no. That would be too distressing to the audience. So you have to, you know, uh, contain it in a California Senate race. Uh, but what the movie showed us is that this woke truth and we are getting woker and woker and as we go back in time politically, not uh, racially and... Uh, I guess and stuff like that is very appealing to people. Even in the 90s, even in the 90s, people didn't like politicians lying to them and selling them out. Imagine that. Imagine that. Like, it's as if it's, a, it's as if it's something very human. Hmm. Uh, crazy, 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 crazy. So they had to get him killed. The insurance agency, <laughs> insurance industry has him killed by the end. There, there's, I, I, except the outdated racial references, which will play some of them uh, here and there.
2: I mean, if you don't put down that malt liquor and chicken wings and get behind somebody other than a running back who stabs his wife.
0: You're never gonna get rid of somebody like me. That was really good. Yo. Yo, yo, yo to you. The only beef that I had uh, with this movie is that, okay, he portrays the, like, the black American community as if it's some indigenous community in the jungle that is like still connected to nature, not really nature because it's the urban center, but like to the real human way of acting contrasted with the fake white politician way. I didn't mm-hmm. like that, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And when he's Warren Beatty, connecting to his primal needs and rejecting all the corpor- the, the corporate-funded uh, reality, he goes and eats at Kentucky Fried Chicken.
3: Ah, right. <laughs> oh, right. That's just like Hillary Clinton with the hot sauce in her purse. That is so authentic.
0: But this is like a like like your this is a really subversive movie and you're saying that like corporations are lying to you manipulate you except Kentucky Fried Chicken because we have to fund this movie somehow so Kentucky Fried Chicken this is what you really really want and what you really really need in a movie that talks about socializing medicine I don't think this is very healthy Kentucky Fried Chicken you no. I don't think we will have them here as sponsors
3: I don't think so no, no.
0: no yeah what did you think about the the team the political team that he has there and, you know, compare and contrast to the other teams.
3: I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: right, I forgot that I didn't have time to watch it. That's yeah. okay. I didn't watch but the But, yeah, it was,
3: a, it was a crack team. It was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: were using... They, no, they weren't smoking crack. They were snorting uh, coke the entire time. Huh? Snorting coke. And it portrays them as running after their... Uh, their politician trying to control him and usually like getting used to controlling him, but now that he just doesn't care then he can do whatever he wants uh, mm-hmm. so basically it's uh, the money the free trade so this goes again this, this came out the same year as private Collins. he talks about you know sending jobs overseas and all that he just goes against all of it. I was like what I didn't remember that it was Against everything, and he talks about like the corporate mob, Mm. and the fact that he like the reason that 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 I go against you people is because you're not my donors. I do what my what my donors tell me. This was again outside of the racial contexts, super subversive, super interesting. Okay, so let's move one year back in time to 1997 to the iconic. Movie, iconic political movie, Wag the Dog, with a star-studded cast, a timeless movie, and it was so impactful that it created a new term: Wag the Dog. There's a crisis in the White House. What's the crisis? And the
2: president's top advisors have been called together. Oh, jeez. The sexual misconduct occurred inside the Oval Office. With the election only days away, how much will this scandal affect the outcome?
1: The president spent the weekend pressing the flash. He wasn't campaigning, he was dating. Actually, Now,
2: Washington's top spin doctor... We can distract the press for 11 days till the election. I think we got a chance. ...has an idea. We can't afford a war. We're going to have the appearance of a war. But he can't pull it off without Hollywood's top producer.
1: Uh, do I know you? We have some mutual friends in Washington.
2: Why come to me? We want you to produce... You want me to produce your war? Not a war, it's a pageant. We need a theme, a song, some visuals. We need, you know, it's a pageant. All the drama. The president's gonna go to war with Albania in about 30 minutes. Albania's hard to ride. These are chips. We need it for the armed position on the street. It'll be a kitten. We'll punch it in later, right? And all the effects of real war. Okay, put the, the village behind her.
1: Give me some sound of screaming
2: without the casualties. America
1: has seldom witnessed a more poignant picture.
2: He's the same process with the last mm. Schwarzenegger movie. You're the man. Albania, Albania. That rhymes. I can't believe that We forgot a hero. Looks like we sent him the Christmas card and we left out the what do you call fruitcake. There you go.
3: When it's cooking, it's cooking.
2: From Academy Award winning director Barry Levinson. When
1: this goes
2: national, I get to put it on my resume? Actually,
1: no. What, what
2: could they do to me? They come home to your house and kill you. Academy Award winner Dustin Hoffman. This is politics at its finest. Academy Award winner Robert De Niro. How would you like an ambassadorship? That's my tale. Well, I just do it for a story to tell. no, you couldn't tell anybody. It? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, you couldn't tell. No, 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 it's just a, it's a, it's, it's a pageant. It's a pageant, that's what it is. Wag the dog.
3: Yeah, it's a fun movie. Uh, war is faked. A war is orchestrated. And I guess this kind of refers to that moment where, uh, of course, uh, Clinton was in trouble with the whole Monica Lewinsky uh, situation. And then at that time, he was uh, launching tomahawks at this medicine factory in Sudan. Bin Laden was in Sudan, and, and a lot of people claimed, well, he's just trying to deflect attention to that. So there was, uh, it turned into a movie.
0: I think the movie came out before that, because I remember people saying that this is wag the Dog. I think it was 1998 when this episode uh, oh, yeah, happened. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. So this is this makes this movie even better <laughs> because yes, <laughs> okay, go
3: on. Prophetic, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what I thought was really interesting, they uh, fake a war in Albania, <laughs> and so then they have one shot basically of uh, a woman who's uh, fleeing. Kirsten Dunst. Uh, yes, also, also uh, very fun. And then they uh, comp comp that, composite that into a a, a newsreel, a shot. And the one thing that I thought was very interesting about that is that this is still very much from the time where just TV news controlled the narrative totally, right? So you could have one shot on the news, and that was it.
1: Uh,
3: Right, now you would see, like you would already see on Twitter weeks ahead before it's on the news, that shit's happening in Albania. Uh, from people's phone cans. But there you could totally still control the story on the news.
0: But also it's just like uh, foreshadows, uh, deep fakes and Mm -hmm. fake news. Mm -hmm. All of this also talks about also manufacturing consent. Uh, So basically the president is an idiot. He's not even a character in the movie. He's irrelevant. He does nothing to be reelected. He means nothing. He's just a person who is there and they got paid to do a job to get him reelected. And they will do everything, including kill, lie, invent, destroy, whatever it is. They create a story. So Mm -hmm. I think that this movie speaks about the most important thing in politics, the story that you tell. And in 2016, in the American elections, Hillary Clinton's story was, I'm with her. Okay, that's not a, an appealing story if you don't like her or support her or believe her. And the other mm-hmm. guy's story, his story was, everybody's corrupt, everything is broken, they are the reason that you that, that your life sucks, vote for me, I will... I will fix this whole shit down because I'm a businessman. This is a much better story. Much, mm. much, much better story. Now, the same politician doesn't have such a good story uh, anymore. Thank God.
3: Another thing that was really a sign of the times in uh, Wag the Dog is that this was a moment where there was uh, almost unquestioned uh, the principle of humanitarian bombing. Uh, right. So this was uh, late yeah, 90s. Kosovo, yeah. And, of course, uh, 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 America was the sole superpower mm. and uh, the world's mm. policeman, and therefore it needed to enforce moral standards all around the world. So if something happens, let's say in Albania, mm. well, then we go and uh, send some planes yeah. over there, drop some bombs, and, and fix it. That's the only of thing to do. That's what you have to do. That's, that's the thing that, that one ought to yeah. do.
0: I would want uh, to be bombed if I had political problems here. I would want sure, to. Sure,
3: that always fixes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, because, of course, then uh, this was at the time of all the different wars, actually, sort of in uh, disintegrating former Yugoslavia. So there was uh, campaigns in Bosnia, and then the war in Kosovo was kind of a little bit later. Um, Also in
0: Somalia, they had a presence in Somalia. Uh, Okay. Other important themes in the movie are that the American media so gleefully gets behind wars. (laughs) How easy they are to manipulate, how Hollywood is in itself a propaganda arm of the American Empire, how easily the public is manipulated and moved. And all of this is applicable, obviously, to the time, still applicable to the time we live through right now. Awesome movie. Go watch it if you haven't. Yeah okay wanna you want to cap things off with uh, with uh, being there we're already running very long
3: yeah I guess uh, being there is uh, kind of the the final uh, chapter in this f- more and more hollowing out of the role of the president, so in Wag the Dog, the president isn 't uh, really there uh, physically, and in uh, being there, the uh, presidential candidate isn 't really there mentally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, it doesn 't matter anymore uh, who uh, w- who this person is there 's just interest behind it, and they can take a completely hollow shell, a uh, simpleton and he says kind of platitudes, and they play well enough because it seems kind of uh, you know, almost mystic and uh, therefore this is a candidate that can go very far. And I guess the idea that the president is kind of this, this empty suit uh, probably references a little bit also the, the situation in the 1970s. Uh, so you see some parts in in the movie also where you see the, uh, the social decay. Um, but there's also, that this was the time when, well, it came out during Jimmy Carter but it was being conceived under Gerald Ford so this mm-hmm. kind of idea of well there's like a almost like a placeholder yes. president stupid, just a guy that. yeah yeah not not very sharp who uh, just sits there
2: I'm Chance the gardener the gardener yes
4: since I was a child I've worked in this garden
1: then you really are a gardener oh yes May I ask your name? <coughs>
2: <coughs> Chancey Gardner. <laughs> Mr. Chancey Gardner,
1: are you related to Basil and Perdita, Gardner?
2: No, I'm not related to Basil and Perdita. You know, Chancey, there's something about you. You don't play games with words to protect yourself.
1: And no brains at all. Stuffed with rice pudding between the ears.
2: On television, Mr. President, you look much smaller.
1: Dumb as a jackass.
2: As long as the roots are not severed, all is well. And all will be well in the garden. In the garden?
1: Hmm. 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 Hmm.
2: Mr. Gardner, the New York Times spoke of your peculiar brand of optimism. What was your reaction to that? I do not know what it means.
1: Oh, he was very clever, keeping it at a third grade level. That's what they understand. He's very, very sexy. But I think he's brilliant. And look at him now. I can't write. Oh, I heard he speaks eight languages. I can't read. <laughs> I like to watch TV.
2: All you gotta be
1: is white in America to get whatever
3: you want. Uh, and and that's that's the character uh, played, of course, by the uh, excellent excellent uh, Peter Sellers, who is uh, a a gardener in an estate. Uh, then the owner of the estate passes away, and he is evicted. Doesn't really know what to do. Roams the street, and then ingratiates himself. With uh, the uh, the Rand uh, family, and we, who are very rich, I suppose it 's kind of a reference to the rand corporation, and uh, he says the right kind of business oriented uh, things which maybe be uh, references kind of early thatcherism Reaganism, but he as a gardener, he talks about flowers he 's just thinking about gardening. Yeah. But then his words are parsed as uh, well, the US economy is like a garden and one day it will bloom again, Mm -hmm. because this was also a time of malaise, right? Very high interest rates, Uh, but oh, it'll come back. It'll be morning in America again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says those things and it plays well. And uh, he becomes kind of the pawn to advance these business interests uh, all the way into the White House. So basically,
0: if we look at all these movies, Americans love movies that, that tell them that their elections are a fraud, that corporations basically decide who goes to the White House or to the Senate or to whatever it is, that it's all a sham, that it's no. all a lie. These no. are, are all very successful movies. This is the content Mm -hmm. that they create and people go and watch. And then you wonder how come at some point or another people get fed up with this shit when the shit really hits the fan. Let's say 2008, the economic collapse. Mm -hmm. And then they choose someone who was like to the furthermost left of all the candidates. Obama portrayed himself to the left, like, mm-hmm. like of all the general candidates, like the, you know, the ones that there was Dennis Kucinich there, but he was never going to win. So they elect him, and then he's just like Clinton, but a little bit better. And then just like the whole thing just devolves. So the media, they're just, they don't do their job right. Why hasn't the media been portraying this reality that we see Mm -hmm. in the movies through all Mm -hmm. this time why are they telling us the viewers this guy was being is being paid by this and this and that person because they themselves are being paid so they're
3: part of the industry they're part of that part of the industry
0: but the movie industry I, i guess because it's a fictional in some way so the industry, the American industry doesn't mind pouring money into movies that say that they themselves are rigging the elections. But the news, we have to separate because this is like the real deal. And obviously all these movies speak to the blurring of the lines between news and entertainment in American election campaigns and in American election coverage in general. I don't know, one can say that with the internet and all that, they lost control with the decimation of, uh, of information... Decimation? Decimation. Sure. dissemination or decimation? Uh,
3: d- d- dissemination?
0: Dissemination. sorry, decimation is something else. Dissemination of, uh, of information. I well, yeah, that's my closing Information uh, also gets decimated. Also uh. gets decimated, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's my my, my final words uh, for, for this episode. You go.
3: Yeah, it's amazing that there can be this whole uh, theme, this whole industry of movies that all depict the same thing, namely the problem of money in politics uh-huh. and politics and that these movies could not be made in the Netherlands because campaign financing doesn't work that way. Yeah. So they wouldn't be made and they are not being made. Yeah. And so there would be a very simple solution which is Pop- to get the money out of politics. Yeah. And to just have ads which are like uh, their slots okay. assigned publicly And you have caps also on the amount of money that you can spend. You can't
0: outspend your opponent just like because you have the money. No. This is this is just
3: stupid. This is forty years of movie making yeah. would not have been necessary. <laughs> 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 if they, but but instead, what it's led to is a totally cynical argument. Because th- so also uh, people on the right, uh, like sort of the Tea Partiers, also had, you know kind of d- detected the problem here <laughs> with with the way capitalism is working uh, in its later stages. And now this very cynical argument is: well, maybe actually Trump is a good guy in this because he's got his own money, which which is totally perverse, which he doesn't, by the way. That's all fake. But but that was kind of one of the mind-blowing arguments that, well, money and politics is a problem, so we need a super-rich guy who's got his own money.
0: And then he can just uh, control everything and not just like have, yeah, why have like several corporations and rich people control the whole thing? Just have one rich person
1: control the whole
0: thing. Yeah, problem solved. One last nice point that I forgot to mention that is true for all these movies and also for all the movies about US presidents, which we talked about it in the episode about that, you can go back and listen to it now, is that all these politicians are democratic politicians. So Hollywood uh, portrays corrupt, cynical, lying, democratic politicians. But the Republicans, they are beyond the pain for Hollywood. They're not even there. They're not even there. You can't even talk to them. That's true in the 90s, in the aughts, and in this past decade. So this is a very, very cynical way to to look at elections. Again, the whole thing is broken. Like They don't have like one actual normal election movie. I guess it wouldn't be interesting to Americans just to have like a, a few candidates who really disagree and just... Go to bat and, you know, and then let's see who wins. That could be an interesting movie, but its I guess it's not American and wouldn't be relevant to the American experience.
3: No. And then the good guy wins based on the arguments. Yeah, wow. based on the argument. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's fiction.
0: It's not, it's not even fiction. <laughs> <Because> we're talking <laughs> about fiction.
3: It's beyond fiction. Stranger than
0: fiction. Stranger yeah. than fiction. <laughs> So <sighs> I, like Americans, uh, uh, you have been told <laughs> not by your news industry, but by your movie and TV industry, what is like the main problem of your political process? If you have rich people paying the bill, they are the ones who are going to make the decisions. There's this old Hebrew saying, me'a, the person with the money, he's the person with the opinion. I think it's from the, what, I don't know if it's from the Bible or whatever.
3: He who pays the piper calls the tune.
0: Ah, that was from mm-hmm. also from uh, Bullworth. You said you haven't, uh, here, there's a reference there for, to, to the piper. Oh, okay. Oh. Ah. So just oh. uh, remember that if and when Biden wins, he's not your friend. He's He's a guy who has always been paid by the industry. He's just there, so Trump won't be there. And then in four years, remember, the, remember that when Kamala Harris starts running on being the first woman president and the, ushering in a new age and faking empathy, all the while while being funded by the Silicon Valley industry, right. uh, taking all your information and selling it to whoever, you know, to the highest bidder at your expense. Wow. Those are my final words. Yeah. If you enjoyed this, please hit like. There's no like button. <laughs> You can uh, give us a five-star rating if you think this is worth it. Uh, there's On Stitcher, there's a rating system. On Apple, there's a rating, uh, rating system. Uh, I don't know if on Amazon there's a rating system. I'm not sure. Uh, check it out. Maybe write a review. We got uh, some positive reviews. We could uh, use some more. And we'd like to thank our patrons for making it all happen. Uh, we have such loyal patrons, new ones coming in, all, uh, loyal ones staying in. Thank you all. We want to do an episode about the American elections after the results are in. We'll have a global outlook, just that we won't repeat the same things that you can hear on your TV, wherever you are. We'll put the global outlook, the historical perspective, just to make sure that it's fresh and interesting and not just like regurgitating something that somebody else said Yes. somewhere else. So stay tuned.
3: And by then we will know if we are going to stick the landing on 2020 or if things will get even worse.
0: Okay, so thank you everybody for tuning in. And we'll see you all uh, very, very soon. Hopefully on the other side, the world will still exist. Bye, Roetge. Bye.